Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 80. I'm Michael John Simpson. Today we are sponsored by WhedonCon. Are you a Joss Whedon fan? Then come check out WhedonCon 2017 in Los Angeles, May 19th through the 21st. Single day and all weekend tickets are available now at WhedonCon.com. This episode features the return of comedian Shannon Quarter. Shannon has been busy doing stand-up and launching her own podcast called Social Justice Warrior Princess. We talked about podcasting, stand-up comedy, social justice, psychology, music, and making a difference. It's warmer standing in the sun. Here's episode 80 of the Something Something Experience. But yeah, I had this... um I got this. Uh, the only this is the only equipment that I bought for the podcast because I already had an iPad, and then I now I have an iPad Mini. But this is this microphone. I mean, it's really good for this kind of thing where you just set it in the middle and just mm-hmm. record, or you can also use it to kind of talk directly into as well. But it's a good kind of ambient microphone. Um, it's been really serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of other podcasters use this because they're small, they're portable, they're somewhat durable. Although I have problems, you can see I have the cable rubber banded around mm-hmm. so that there's no jiggle or anything because there's a bit of a short some of the some of the prongs inside somewhere got bent or something mm-hmm. so it's a little bit but and I've replaced the cable so it's not the cable it's the prongs inside and I've tried taking it apart and printing, but it hasn't fixed oh rubber band does it pick up like what's right in front of it or does it pick up like everything in the room? it can well it depends I mean it's pretty sensitive it'll pick mm-hmm. up Mostly what's aimed, kind of aimed at it. Mm-hmm. More so, it's not an omnidirectional, it's more of a unidirectional-ish, but there's some some stuff in the back as well. I think it's meant to pick up a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. but it will pick up some ambient, but if you want something that's more like unidirectional, that's specific, you're, you're going to want to get a more expensive mic than this. This is only 50 bucks, uh-huh. and I think you can get these on Amazon too, mm-hmm. Fifty from the 50 to $60 range. There used to be a hot pink one, but they're so rare now, those are like two $300 now. Mm. But they're not any better quality than the, they're just pink. Mm-hmm. So, um, bring up my podcast wrap-up thing, and that's there, and the clock, and the stopwatch, reset, go. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How you been? It's been ages. Yeah, it has been. I think the boob party was... No, I saw you at a stand-up show oh, after right. that. Yeah, All right. The boob, par- the boob party was magical. My the, birthday last yeah. <laughs> year. We've never talked about the boob party on the That's podcast because I, I no. was kind of off my nut for a while and wasn't 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 feeling confident enough to podcast. <laughs> so. But I, that, I've heard that's a thing, though. Um, Sex Nerd Sandra, a couple other podcasters, just kind of, like, stopped for a while just mm-hmm. because they just... just and For me, it was like a... I don't know what it was. Well, I was busy, busy mm-hmm. AF, but also just kind of, like, I had run out of guests and mm-hmm. uh, nobody knew was coming along. And then and then Andrew Holgeen said, stop, turn off Facebook, turn off Twitter, Stop! Stop reading all the news. Mm-hmm. Go make a thing. Go go make your thing. Go do your creative thing, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start podcasting again. And then I put that Good broadcast out on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you you responded. And so now I'm booked through mid April. 
So That's I'm bo- awesome. I'm booked a couple months out, and then, like today I've done two. Uh-huh. I'm doing two next Sunday. So next, as of next Sunday, before the before the next episode goes out, I will have had like five in the can. And I'm also supposed to be talking to the WeedonCon folks too to Ooh, have them. Cool. Um, since Danny and I are involved in, Whed- in WeedonCon, we wanted to have. I was going to start, you know, doing an unofficial sponsorship type uh-huh. thing on here, and um, and then have the 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 social media people on to just mm-hmm. talk about the con. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I can see that being a thing, though, because it's like, um, I always make jokes about Dumbo's magic feather. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and I joke that it's Ritalin, you know, for me. <laughs> and I wrote, one of, one of the first comedy pieces that I wrote, I, I can't remember if it was in college or if it was after, but I wrote a thing that was like an Onion article, but it was like, um... Uh, clinical trials for feathers for oh. like <laughs> flying elephants. <laughs> now there's like a million. I probably could send it somewhere. I don't know. It's, it's pretty funny. I think. But um, uh, uh, but Ritalin uh, does actually work for real. Um, but for uh, some people, yes, for some people. Well, I mean, it work and it works. Um, yeah, like Adderall never worked for me. Right. It's like geometry and, and, and algebra, I think. I was on Ritalin in 1987. Oh, yeah. A way long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh, right before they started diagnosing absolutely every child under the sun with mm-hmm. with uh, ADD. That was even before it was ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I was misdiagnosed as ADD. Because mm-hmm. they, they threw me on Ritalin, threw me into therapy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, I've told this story before. My mom... Sent me to would send me to shrinks and go. He hates his father and go. And that wasn't what it wasn't about at all. Turns out six months after I was really off cool. therapy and moved out of my mom's house six months later, it was my mother who I yeah. was not happy with. So, um, but I'm never allowed to say that in her house. But right. um, anyway, I digress. Um, that does I I I have heard that that happens a lot. The misdiagnosis. Oh, and yeah. I would assume, especially like in the beginning times. Well, yeah. In the in the beginning times. Well, I mean, I think they first came up with attention deficit disorder. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably the early seventies, maybe, maybe late sixties. I think that's probably. But it was very, very seldom diagnosed, Mm -hmm. and they and this this one particular therapist, somebody, whatever, you know, just started feeding me Ritalin and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah, and it really didn't help me all that much. Mm -hmm. And then my mom took me from a psychologist to an actual psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. like a medical doctor. And they put me through the actual battery of tests that they use to determine whether somebody attention type physical manual tests. And they put me through that. It's like he doesn't Mm -hmm. have ADD. He's slightly schizoid, but he doesn't have any, you know. Well, if you don't have ADD and they give you Ritalin, it'll just make you hyper, like right. you're on coke. Yeah, and yeah. I was already hyper, and it made me more hyper. They're like, this is not working. Right. It's kind of weird, the thing. It's like you have a, somebody who can't focus and who's got a hyperactive brain, but you give them speed, and it kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know how that's supposed it is, to work. It is really weird. And le- let me just say before we move on that, uh, for the record, a lot of women and people of color are undiagnosed that oh, should be diagnosed okay, with ADD. Okay. And it's really hard to convince people that because it of the everybody's being diagnosed and people recreationally using like you know Adderall whatever. especially. Yeah. yeah. Or recreate or or using it in college or whatever. Sure. Um but like uh because women's ADD manifests differently and because women are just not as expected to do as well. Right. They're um uh, it's less likely to be 
diagnosed. In fact, um, like when I was growing up, it wasn't a super big thing. Uh, and then I learned more about it in my 20s. And I remember asking my parents before I was diagnosed with it, like, you know, if that had been like all the rage when I was growing up, like, do you think that you guys would have had me tested for it? And they said, no, you had the opposite of ADD because we just give you a book and you would just sit there and read it mm-hmm. all day. And I told mm-hmm. that to a um, psychiatrist once and, and he laughed because he's like, yeah, that's called ADD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. of the symptoms. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the hyper-focus. But. My thing was, was just hyperactivity of mm-hmm. like just kind of like social awkwardness, which would then turn me into a babbling idiot, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 but hyper intelligent as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Um, oh, wow, wow. but I had the, um, <laughs> uh, but my whole thing was like, just always being like a chatty Kathy from day one mm-hmm. and attention, seeking attention. Mm-hmm. And really if my parents had stopped, for a moment of dealing with whatever they had going on and paid attention to me, played with me, talked to me and stuff, maybe that wouldn't have been manifested itself so much as mm-hmm. that, that whole thing of every day when I started kindergarten and first grade for like two or three years, every single day I got home from school, my mom would say, did the teacher have to say, Michael, you're interrupting? Because that was the phrase I heard over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Michael, you're interrupting. Michael, shut up. Michael, shut up. Michael, you're interrupting. And especially when the parents divorced and mom met stepdad and stepbrothers move in, it was four people telling me, Michael, shut up. Michael, oh, shut geez. up. Michael, shut up. I, I always champion my, uh, uh, champion and laud my grandfather for when we were on the road trip from hell, which I'm sure I've talked about before. When we toured all the way around the country in a uh, in a uh, dilapidated motor used motorhome, um, we swung around from Colorado, went south, went across I ten all the way to Florida, and then uh, went to Epcot Center, and then up through the southern states to visit relatives. Mm-hmm. We stopped in in Virginia to visit my mother's parents, and uh, we were all talking about something, and I made a comment, and uh, they all told everybody said "shut up," and my grandfather stood up out of his chair and said, "Don't you dare tell that boy to shut up. He's got a brain and a mouth and a mind, and he has his own thoughts and his own opinions, wow. and you let him talk." And they all just, and I'm just like, "Thank wow. you, thank you, Grandpa." Good for him. And of course, that trip—I've told this story before. That trip was supposed to end with me going to live with my father in Chicago, and I packed all my things into a big box to be shipped. And 150 miles outside of Chicago, my mom calls me to the front of the motorhome and says, yeah, you're not going to live with your dad. And I had to spend all summer with that knowledge. I was got out of the motorhome crying when we met my dad's car and oh, had to God. tell him. Uh, my mom said, I can't come live with you. And so then I, then I had to fly back home and unpack everything that I owned back into a place where I absolutely hated living. So. Oh, Christ. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, I am glad that you are one of the people that has, like, figured shit out. Like, and you might not agree with me because I feel, I know, I feel like I don't, I don't have, you know, life figured out. Oh, I've out, got imposter syndrome out the ass. I mean, I'm, I'm like always waiting for the other shoe to drop and everybody to figure out I'm a fraud, phony, jerk, wad, whatever, fill in the blank, undesirable, basically, or unqualified or un, un whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big, big time imposter syndrome. Yeah, I um, I identify with that too. I, probably for different reasons, but it sounds like uh, it's fairly obvious <laughs> why you. Well, it's very common you. thing that a lot of women experience now, especially in the workplace, mm-hmm. but also in relationships and mm-hmm. things like that as well. But that's a big 
but but now more men are coming forward and saying, "Yeah, I have that too." And mm-hmm. I've always I've always secretly worried that everybody mm-hmm. thinks I'm unfit for something. Well, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the last yeah. time I saw you was uh, November, October, November. When was the show at the Flappers? I think it was 2015, wasn't it? No, 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 no. That oh, was... the last time we saw it, just like, oh, not not recorded. But no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we recorded in 2015. But, yes. Um, the, uh, uh, with the show with Lori. Yeah, Lori Kilmartin yeah. and Jen Saunderson, who I was just yes. here in that chair yesterday. Oh, really? Uh, actually, in a different studio. But um, we were, we I had her on the podcast, so she, the, oh, that's the next one that'll go she's up. She's really so. funny. She is so funny. So very funny. Um, so when was that show? The, um... That was, it was like the, I think it was just a couple days before Halloween. Okay, okay. Actually. Yeah. That was such a good show. The burlesque. so fun, The burlesque and the comedy, and it was Mm -hmm. just a great, and I've since made friends with Vesta Vangloria and a couple of the other burlesque performers that were there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't know them already. I'm a gothy guy. Well, I knew of her, but Uh I'd never actually been formally introduced, Mm -hmm. so. But I did the, did the horribly ghost thing and went around to a lot of the comedians. I wanted to catch Lori, but when Lori was done, she was out of there. Um, and if you listen to her podcast, you know how that's how they, that's how they operate, but. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I talked to the other couple of the other comedians. Said, Would you like to be on the podcast? I'd love to talk to you. And oh, Jen Saunderson finally got around to yeah, having her on. So that was cool. Awesome. Yeah, all of those comedians are great, and the um, the burlesque was great. It's just um, a little bit logistically more difficult than mm-hmm. pulling together a comedy show. But um, well, I think you did a good job curating. I guess that was what you would mm-hmm. call that curating the comedy show. I thought it was really good. It was well put together and everybody was funny, really funny and I was the guy in the front row laughing way too loudly uh-huh. at everybody's <laughs> everybody jokes. Everybody appreciated that though. <laughs> Me too. But um, uh, yeah, so I and I think I told you I'm starting my own podcast. Uh, yes, yes you soon. are. And, yes you are. Um, and so that's my next creative endeavor and I'm really excited about it. Um, I recorded my first interview this week. Cool. I was asking earlier about your microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using some sound equipment that Jason has, but it's so sensitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, um, like, I had to ask the person I was interviewing, um, she had a bunch of bangle bracelets, and I asked if she wouldn't mind taking them off. But oh, because they she, clingy. She clingy. actually like taped them all together. Oh, with it, and and then when I listened to it later, I was like, oh, the sound quality is really great. But the whole when I'm reading her bio, it just sounds like you're like, yeah, like yeah, in front yeah. of her. I was like, oh. so, well, you can take a mic like that and you can move it aside a little bit, uh-huh. like like with the snowball here. I keep it kind of more. I usually keep it since I have a, a very resonating, deep, booming, kind mm-hmm. of not deep, but like a like a very a voice that carries because mm-hmm. you know. Talk loudly so everybody has to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the lesson I learned as a child. Um, when you're told to shut up, you talk louder. Um, <laughs> so I usually tend to keep the microphone closer to the guest than to me, mm-hmm. uh, so lest I overshadow too much. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. So what are you using in terms of actually, like, to record? Are you using a digital recorder? Or yeah, an... he has something called, like, an H42 Zoom. It's actually, like, Zoom. a video yes. thing, and it's got two directional mics uh-huh, that are like uh-huh, built in and um and they're very sensitive um and and he does have a mic i can plug into it so when i i'm gonna record my own part of uh the podcast like i'm my plan is to do like a little intro mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that it forces me to write comedy every week sure there you go um and topical comedy oh which nice is um uh 
really a muscle that you have to like work out. Oh yeah, of course, of um, course. And so it'll give me an excuse to do that, and people with ADD need deadlines. So. Yes. <laughs> um, and Self-imposed or otherwise. Yeah. The self-imposed don't always work so well. That's why it's good to do something with someone else, mm-hmm. because um, mm-hmm. immediately, as soon as you record a podcast, people are like, so when, how can I listen to this? Where yeah, is when it is it be? coming how out? How do I share right, it with my right. sister and stuff? And I was like, oh, I better get this yeah. cranked out pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we. Um, I started off when we started off. It was just me, and I had the the snowball and the mm-hmm. and the iPad, and we started off just me and the other guy at a restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. Ash, um, and uh, just talking together. And then we started having on get. We did two or three by ourselves, and we mm-hmm. started having on having on guests. But um, and then we started with. I think I started with. First thing I did was get a place to to house the 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 recordings, which was um, basically I think we you know Soundhound. I created my Soundhound account, mm-hmm. and then from there, from once you have that, and with the Soundhound account, and you're uploading a, a, a podcast, and you got all the tags and all the everything in there, then you have an RSS feed off of that. And once you have mm-hmm. your RSS feed, then you can put that anywhere you want. You link that to iTunes, you link that to Stitcher, you link that to other web pages, you link that to Google Play uh, podcasts, okay. Google Play Music podcasts. So I have all these different things. And then you start automatically popping popping up on these podcast aggregator sites oh, that are cool. out there like 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 potty.com or whatever or, uh-huh. or castworthy or whatever. And, and so and you just start all boom there's your podcast there's uh-huh. the description that you put in you put you build everything around the soundhound or whatever whatever site you're going to mm-hmm. use some people use um libsyn some people use i mean it's all these different places they're basically are just that's where the recording is stored right that's, that's where, like it, where it, it that's the, it lives mm-hmm. online and everything links to that and okay. then when you do then like my my blog is through um is through oh sure uh, <laughs> uh, um, hold on. Let me look at my apps on my phone, and I'll tell you in a minute. Um, SoundHound and oh crap, where's the WordPress? WordPress. WordPress. My blog is through WordPress, but mm-hmm. you know, if you have a, your blog through, um, you know, any of the blog building sites that are out there, website yeah. building sites that are out there. Um, once you have your SoundCloud or Libsyn or whatever, that's mm-hmm. where it lives. All your your podcast description. Your your you know things that it, people whoever it is is in there and all your descriptions of each episode and all of that and the content and basically all the tags and everything that's all just right there. Mm-hmm. So then when you build the thing and you link it, like on my WordPress blog, I put in a little tag thing with the link to the RSS feed of mm-hmm. that one episode, and it it puts in a player automatically oh, right. on on the WordPress site. And then I put in a picture, and then I put in a description, and I add all the links mm-hmm. that I want to put in and all that like that. And so you just, it starts with this one thing and that's where you upload to and feed all your links. And a lot of that other stuff gets filled in everywhere else it goes. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a Facebook page and a Twitter page right, and you know, Twitter and so got all that. So mm-hmm. any help you want with any of that, I'm willing to, sure, yeah. to help you that's out. That's very educational I, I already. I chose SoundCloud because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 bucks a year or something. Oh, really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then the WordPress, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook's free. iTunes is free. Stitcher's free. And, uh, Google Play Music is free. Um, all of that is free. And that they're basically just aggregating. 
the whole podcast thing on iTunes, that's just the most popular place to, to yeah. find podcasts mm-hmm. because there's a podcasting up on every iPhone yeah. and then you can also link to that through web pages and everything else. That's just the easiest, most, that's where, it, oh, is your podcast on iTunes? Yes. yes. That's where people are yeah. going to find it. Okay. But then that's the blog and everything else, and there's certain things. And then when you start getting, the one thing that I never quite wrapped my head around completely was the whole sponsorship thing with like, some people have an Amazon link where it's like, if you do, uh, you know, something to xp.net slash Amazon, it takes you to our Amazon link. Mm-hmm. And basically, you shop like you normally do, and the couple extra pennies here and there go into an account for us and that's it but Mm -hmm. um you know i never quite completely wrapped my head around that yeah but um you know know you can do that with like specific products yeah you can do that too like you can do that too i really like glad trash bags amazon's really nice in that they're willing to help people out with that sort of mm-hmm. thing, but you have to have the traffic in order mm-hmm. to come in to where they are getting yeah. traffic in order to get it to you. Otherwise, they they wind up canceling us, mm-hmm. which you can reapply, but they wind up canceling uh, you know me about uh, uh, my podcast just because I w- didn't have any traffic of anybody using the link. Mm-hmm. So, but it's cool because if you have like friends and family who who don't listen to a lot of other podcasts but might listen to yours or if you say hey and they're going to do their shopping on Amazon anyway and if mm-hmm. they use your link then a little portion of it doesn't cost them any extra money and a little bit of that goes to you so oh, that's cool. but I never quite had any money coming in with it but eh, I don't do this for money I do this because I like to talk to people right I know it's good it's funny I was like looking at booking people for mine and I was like Oh, I haven't seen her forever. Yeah. Like, that would be great just to have an excuse to hang out, right, you know? Right, So Another great beauty. thing is, like, I was just at the Galley, Galley, uh, Gallifrey One convention last mm-hmm. weekend, and I was planning, so planning on sitting down and podcasting with four or five people, and uh-huh. it never happened, uh-huh. even for a little half-hour one or whatever. But, you know, these people in England or whatever, but you can use Skype or, you know, FaceTime or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can just set the microphone right next to your speaker on your phone and talk into the microphone, and they're talking into the microphone, and you have a, a conversation with them, and you can record that and use that. People you people do Skype podcasts all the time, and I'm talking, I'm talking big names, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, half the time they're Skyping with people, because mm-hmm. they're in New York, and half the, half the old people, that, the old showbiz types that they talk to all live in... Beverly Hills or mm-hmm. Los Angeles or Florida, and so they they're skyping all the time. Oh, that's and cool. So yeah, that's that's another great thing about it too. Hmm. But I'm interested in getting one of those Zoom recorders, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, because the cool thing with the double directional mic, if you're doing like a podcast on the go, you can mm-hmm. just set that on the table in between you, mm-hmm. and each one of those mics is pointing to each one of you, mm-hmm. or you can hold it in your hand yeah. too. Or you can also get a little tiny board and feed. Signal, you know, microphones mm-hmm. into that. So you can uh, the one that um, Jason has. You can just plug two mics right into it. Oh, nice! It's just that we at this time only physically own one mic. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when I record myself, I'll probably just use because I'm like, why do you have this? But whatever, he's got a little mic with a mic stand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the other stuff I know he he used it when he made his um, uh, feature films for the sound. Um, so it's much better quality sound than oh, I have yeah. any. 
business having. At this point, I was like, I'll just use my iPhone. He's like, no, 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 no. you got to use good stuff. So a lot of people like, are doing that now, too. I've, mm-hmm. I was in at Galley and seeing people coming out of panels and going off with somebody in the hallway, you know, down one of the quieter hallways and just mm-hmm. sitting and somebody just holding their iPhone in their mm-hmm. hand and recording a podcast that way, you know, recording an interview that way. So oh, that cool. was pretty cool. And I don't know if that was for broadcast or podcast or whatever, but or if it was just an interview for later or whatever, but they mm-hmm. were writing an article or whatever. I don't know, but... I know people do people do a lot with their phones these days. Phones mm. now equipment is like I was just listening to another podcast and they were talking about basically the phone you have in your pocket has more technology than was available to Orson Welles when he made when when basically everything every every tool that Orson Welles had at his disposal you can use. The only problem is the only thing that's missing is Orson Welles. Orson Welles. <laughs> right, yeah. That's Citizen no, Kane is what yeah. I was trying to think of, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, and it really, it, like, the the cameras and stuff are, are like, such high quality, and... People um, are shooting, cool. like, big-time movie people are shooting whole movies on iPhones now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. 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 Now, they have little, like, lens attachment kits that you can get, that, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, mm-hmm. different stuff, but... Recording sense. a whole film on an iPhone. Yeah, hopefully they don't do it, you know, like the up and down way. No, you, that's how ugh. everybody records. Oh, vertical video. Oh, can't can't handle the double uh-huh. V. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> drives me insane. Yeah, I did. I made a video at work just for this like little presentation thing we had to do for a committee, and um, I and uh, uh, a coworker went and got just like a couple of. Um, of interviews for mm-hmm. it and stuff because I couldn't be at a certain place at a certain time and it didn't occur to me to tell her like no don't do don't do it up and down you know you have to, but like as I was like well everybody knows that you know but um that's just the instinct I don't know why it's just the instinct to do it's it that, that way. thing yeah it's kind of become that thing of mm-hmm. of not knowing that that sensibility of, of mm-hmm. width versus height yeah you know I, but, I mean if I'm just like fucking around and I'm like oh the dog's doing something funny let me get a video of him I will usually do it vertically right, just because right. I mean I guess it's easier to hold that right. way or whatever but um uh and then you cannot you can't change it halfway nope, through nope. no you right? cannot that, that doesn't work very you well. cannot change it halfway through mm-hmm so what's what's uh, are you do you have like a title and everything about your pod? Do you have is, yeah, um, it's called Social Justice Warrior Princess, which a friend was like, oh, I have a shirt that says that, and I was like, damn oh, it, you do. But I looked at it, and it lo- looks like it uh, it was from some site that's sort of like a you know where you just like get shirts printed. I oh sure, think, so sure. I don't think anybody owns it. Mm-hmm, and there was a reductress mm-hmm. um, uh, article. I oh, God, I got lost in the rabbit hole of. Um, Reductress. Mm-hmm. Have you read Reductress? I've seen some, a couple articles I didn't realize here and there. it's like a feminist onion. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god. And I <laughs> I didn't realize at first that it was a joke. I was just taking it at face value, which works also, you know? But right, 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 right. <laughs> I was like, I they're just being sort of sarcastic. But um, well, That's the great thing about the onion. Yeah, it's funny and it's for humorous purposes, but it's, it's like South Park. It's so biting and it's so targets to the heart of whatever issue they're yeah. talking about that yeah. even though it's satire it can be read as as a straight article and yeah. still have the impact yeah if well, though, you're in the know if you're on the right side of the issue there are um onion copycats that will and sometimes people just do it on purpose and they are like oh we're satire haha but it's just really clickbait but there yeah. are things where it's like um with the onion or with some of their better imitators 
um, it'll be like Sarah Palin denounces cookies or whatever, you know, but it's something where you're like, oh my God, I totally believe that she said that stupid thing because they got it so right, you know, (laughs) and she would really say something stupid. Um, but yeah, so I saw there was like a, there was, there was just like one article about it. So it wasn't like no one's using that as their so you, you've gone through and done the Google search and Little. looked around and looked around for the name or, or any kind of dot coms or this or that. I just I just started to do that. It mm-hmm. didn't occur to me to do that earlier. Yeah, should have. But um, uh, so far it looks like it's okay. And the one company that made a T-shirt is like in Australia, so it's like, oh, oh they won't sue anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like they're American or something. Yeah. Um, well, but, plus if you come up with your own logo and your own thing, yeah. and it's like, you know, I haven't copyrighted something to XP, mm-hmm. but there's no other something to XP in the world. Uh-huh. I lucked out. I've lucked out twice. I have two completely wholly unique internet names. Oh, yeah. St. Michael, S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. Mm-hmm. That, if you put in that in Google, I am the first ten pages, and there's oh, nothing great. else. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It's all me somewhere. Uh-huh. And that was purely by accident. Somebody called me St. Michael offhandedly back in 2000 and more, 1999. Uh-huh. And I'm like, cool. Well, let me do stmichael.com. S-T-M-I-C-H-A-O. That's church. Well, I can't mm-hmm. do that. Hmm, I used to know a guy that I worked with at Sound Warehouse in Denver in 1990 who spelt his name M-Y-K-L. Let me try S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. Cool. Hey, cool. Now, most people, some people are like, Satan, what, what is that? <laughs> some people don't know what it is, but it's like St. Michael. But uh-huh. that name, I've had that for a long time now, for 18 years now, mm-hmm. and... It's it's all me. It's weird, it, and it, that is nigh unto impossible to do. Mm, yeah. And then I come up with, we came up with the something because Ash, the guy who co-created the podcast, mm-hmm. would said it should be the something something experience. I think he used to listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, and mm-hmm. I went home and I told that to my kid, and my kid goes, you know, that's actually a pretty good name for podcast. Yeah, and I immediately uh-huh. got on the phone. And, Ash, the something something experience. It's perfect. It's uh-huh. just, it's everything. And he's like, oh yeah. So we picked that. So then I wanted to be able to short it, shorten it because something something experience is a big long. Yeah. So I wanted to short it. So something and then squared. So mm-hmm. something something and then XP for experience nerds dice. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. role playing games. And then so it looks kind of sciency with the with the with the squared and so it's like something to XP. Cool. And so then I did that, created the site, blah blah did all it, and I'm just like boom. And then you go something to XP and it's just me mentioned in things and people's pages and this and that. And again, it's just the podcast. Mm-hmm. I completely lucked out. Completely lucked out great. with a unique name. So, Social Justice Warrior Princess, Mm -hmm. SJWP. So, if you Google Social social Justice Warrior and then you put in the word, the letter P, Princess does come up. So, it's not, I mean, it's it's kind of an obvious joke, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, I, if I can, I'm going to hang on to it because I feel like it's so um, completely encapsulates everything I want to do with it because Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like, it's already, it's a joke, so you know that it's going to be comedy. Yeah. It's... Or, you know, Xena, so you neat. know it's going to be nerd. <laughs> and then it's, you know, uh, you know the social justice stuff. And also, the first time I ever heard the term SJW was, of course, someone calling me that, like, on Twitter, and I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is, is it, like, salacious 
juicy wanker. <laughs> like what you know? Oh wow, that's a great like, name. That's a great name. <laughs> Playing the side stage at yeah, Coachella. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I looked at him like social justice warrior. I was like, why is that an insult? That's so. I was, yeah. yeah. You know, just came back with like, well, it's like it's like libtard or other. It's so funny. It's like I, I always <laughs> always love it when I hear somebody use the word liberal as a derogatory term. All these liberals, oh, and I'm these like progressives. All liberals. these do gooders, yeah, do gooders, <laughs> liberals, progressive. And it's like you realize that's not a derogatory term. Of course, we use the word conservative mm-hmm. or or fundamentalist. You know, we mm-hmm. kind of use those bandy those about, and to the, us, those are things. But but like conservative and liberal are just stances. They're just they're yeah. just like lines in the sand. It's not a that's not a nasty thing to call somebody. Yeah. The thing I hate so much is anything with the word typical in front mm-hmm. of it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? I know the people don't understand. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. They feel like they're having a one-on-one conversation oh, yeah, with yeah, someone, yeah. but they feel like they're talking to the computer. They don't realize they're talking to another human. But it happens so frequently that it's like it's one person writing dialogue for all these people. They say exactly the same thing. They're like, oh, typical liberal or typical conservative. and Or typical and feminist sheeple, or typical woman. Typical, yeah. or typical, right. There's a Twitter account that's just called Feminists Should. And all they do is search for tweets where someone says, feminists should... And it's depressing how many there are. Oh, yeah. And they're like, feminists should really focus on these real, like, atrocities that are in other countries and not, you know, whatever. And so um, I I discovered it because I said something. Feminists should blah, blah, blah. I think it was like, feminists should listen to this great podcast or something. I think it was when I just discovered the, um, uh, the Guilty Feminist podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is really great, by the way. And... Um, and so I got like retweeted and I was like, oh, what is this? So I looked at their page and it was all this bullshit. And mm. I, I was like, oh my God, how do you people exist? Like, is, they're just sitting around and. I think that, that the original intention and, in, and, in, in kind of like Al Gore's original first kind of like mainstream publicizing of the internet and what it could be, that vision has fallen by the wayside that Mm -hmm. thing of this this grand unifying all information available to all people Mm -hmm. at all times this this level playing field of access to information yeah which is what was originally intended Mm -hmm. has become just everyone shitting on everyone and everything because you've taken the personal face-to-face Things that you would never say in polite, you know, say to someone to their face. Accountability. There's no accountability. There's no sense of propriety. There's no anything. Mm -hmm. Everyone feels safely anonymous behind a keyboard Mm -hmm. and a screen. And so it's, it's turned and, and we have more access to information than, than any other society has had ever in the history of the world. And yet there is more, more blatant willful chosen deliberate ignorance yeah. happening and and everywhere and not deliberate I- ignorance in terms of factuality of things that actually happened things that were actually said policies that actually exist mm-hmm. is one thing but the deliberate willful ignorance about igno- about uh the the left mm-hmm 
ignoring an entire segment of society mm-hmm. and thinking that oh well this is right and good so this is just what's going to happen because yeah. there's no way this other thing could happen mm-hmm. and that's what happened because of we became in, in ensconced in our own information bubble in our mm-hmm. own echo chamber and a lot of the people that i listen to and 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 whose work i follow and whose words i follow are all kicking themselves now for it's like oh this happened because not because everybody out there is I- idiots or evil it happened because there is this feeling that people have that exists whether it's right or based on truth or based on facts doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's still there and there's a reason why it's still there and we have to be more grounded in reality burst the bubble talk to people we disagree with mm-hmm. in, in in rational discourse mm-hmm. rather than screaming matches over the in, anonymous screaming yeah. matches over the internet going out and seeking people who we know with whom we are di- uh, ideologically opposed and talk about why mm-hmm. the why they feel the way that they do why they they subscribe to this or that and that under level of understanding that's what's going to help to get everybody moving back in the same direction again hi everyone just wanted to take a moment to talk about our sponsor this episode of the something something experience is brought to you by whedon a charity and sci-fi fantasy gathering celebrating the works of joss whedon Created by the fans and for the fans, WhedonCon 2017 will take place the weekend of May 19th through the 21st in Los Angeles and will celebrate the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In honor of the late Ron Glass, all proceeds from this year's convention will go to the Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center to fund after-school and summer programs for low-income families. Get your single day or full weekend tickets on sale now at WhedonCon.com. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Uh, it's hard, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, when I was planning my podcast, I was like, I want my podcast to be something that people would listen to even if they, um, you know, aren't necessarily liberal. Like, I'm, I, maybe someone will accidentally find it because they're like, haha, stupid social justice warriors. But those people probably will not like it. But, um, but then I was like, well, how many, like, conservative podcasts do I personally seek out? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I'll be real honest with you, I don't want to spend my time listening to somebody that's going to piss me off, right, you know? Right, right, right. So it is really hard. Um, and I, I understand that. Um, I, there was a really interesting, uh, study that they referenced um, on uh, the NPR Politics podcast because uh, that's all I do is I just listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too these days. And um, that and Boards of Canada. Boards of Canada. <laughs> Scottish electronica duo from two oh. brothers from from Scotland. They're Scottish from Scotland. Um, in, in the dictionary under redundant it says see redundant, but. Uh-huh. Um, it's two brothers from Scotland. They've been recording since probably about 95, and they just do this very unique brand of ambient electronica uh, music. And uh, and th- a lot of electronic music has kind of a cold sterility to it. Theirs is very analog and very warm and, mm-hmm. and has elements of nostalgia. I feel like a happy kid when I listen to their music. Oh, that sounds awesome. And they, they put in... 
they originally were doing a lot of things of samples. They're named after all those educational films of the 50s and 60s that they would watch in, you know and a lot of them were made in from by the film board of Canada and so it's like uh-huh. boards of Canada and so th- some of them are like over uh, narrated uh, voiceovers by Leslie Nielsen and uh-huh. things like that and so there's some of that in there and then there's like little samples from things like Sesame Street and this and that but it's not it's all very organically woven together and they don't mm-hmm. they use Digital instruments, but also analog instruments in terms of electronics, and they also use like old analog tape players, and they would use different tape devices, analog tape recording devices, to to do certain sounds because of the different resonance that they had, and there's all this big technicality, like very nerdy technicality to it. But it the the the, the end product is this just delicious, dreamy, warm. A lot of people just kind of lump them in with vaporwave, the vaporwave uh, genre, but it's it's a little bit more nostalgic than that. The, mm-hmm. the vaporwave is nice and feel good and warm and everything. This has a sense of nostalgia, somebody who mm-hmm. grew up in the 70s and 80s kind of flavor to it. Whenever I listen to it, it's just like, it sounds like, oh, that this sounds like something that would have been in a background in some, some educational film I watched uh-huh. or, or would have been in the background of commercial or used in this movie or a TV show. It just evokes all this imagery and stuff. And there's not very much in the way of lyrics or anything uh-huh. like that. It's just kind of like, it just has this feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing. That's really cool. Amazing. Board, Boards of Canada. You can go and listen I'll to their out. whole catalog online. Awesome. And they're all over iTunes and Amazon and everywhere mm-hmm. else. So, But yeah, I can't recommend them highly enough. And I, I, lately I've just been gravitating back towards it. Uh, Boards of Canada also lends itself tremendously to certain uh, alteration experiences as well. Mm-hmm. So, wink, wink. Wink, wink. All right. <laughs> um, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, uh the the NPR podcast before I forget uh, the study that they were referencing is um, they looked at the political uh, orientations I guess mm-hmm. of people in areas that had high speed broadband versus areas that didn't oh. the more high speed broadband there was the more polarized people were. oh yeah so it's this total self-selecting thing yeah. we can sit around everybody, and talk about it everybody's in their echo but we're chamber. not going to be like oh i'm gonna go read info wars you know yeah. because like bleh. but um uh i've been gravitating toward the atlantic mm, and mm-hmm. the hill mm-hmm. and both of those are considered overall to be two of the best last bastions of I guess is as close to pure journalism mm-hmm. pure uh, um, objective journalism the you know who what when where wow well when when where and how mm-hmm. and why without a lot of the added bias but each one being just slightly, to the left or right of center, the Atlantic being slightly left and the hill being slightly right, and not not automat not clickbaity, not automatically mm-hmm. interested in condemning the other side or mm-hmm. this or that. Really, just reporting the news, reporting mm-hmm. actual events and actual things that were said, actual po- actual policies that were put into place, and. Above and beyond your CNNs, your your BBCs. BBC mm-hmm. ranks really high. There was a great info, great infographic on Facebook that showed basically all these different media outlets and where they fall on this spectrum between integrity one. and fake news. Was it the one that said like pure garbage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one that ranked uh, BuzzFeed 
at the same level as Breitbart, or mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, I don't know, but um, and that was the complete even, opposite polar ends. Yeah, of opposite polar ends. But and then there was something that was like high quality journalism, but it was still it was like high quality, but like leftist leftist garbage. Way still left, or something. yeah, way so far left that it's just like mm-hmm. unusable almost. There's no objectivity to it. Yeah, completely totally biased. Yeah, but then you look at the they, but then you put in the things and you look back at the things that you've been listening to, like mm-hmm. or or that you, I mean me, but I mean mm-hmm. like we or the you, the all you that yeah. that one has been consuming mm-hmm. during this whole lead up to yeah. our current political situation and you and HuffPo ranks very low on the list mm-hmm. and uh, of being basically just echo chamber yeah. and it's like oh you know mm-hmm. and you, or CNN mm-hmm. same thing or MSNBC or same thing you know I mean you know CNN HuffPo blah blah on par with Fox mm-hmm. News just on the opposite side of the of the feet of the street and mm-hmm. so it's like that's why gravitating much more toward, um, you know, what those other two, you know, the Hill, while leaning slightly to the right, mm-hmm. is palatable mm-hmm. and insightful and factual. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want. And, right. and, and whereas it's good to know thine enemy, to know what the other half, how the other half lives, or what mm-hmm. the other side is thinking, that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of reading, though. There's not a lot of you know, blurby, flashy type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, I wonder if I saw the same infographic as you. There were some problems that I had with it, but, um, uh, I remember what the few that were right in the middle were like the economists, Mm -hmm, I think. mm -hmm, And then of mm -hmm. course like Reuters. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a bit that I was trying to work out a comedy bit that just, I don't know if I will ever get it to where it could be on stage because it just seems too densely packed. But it was basically um, linking different news outlets to, like, your friends in high school. (laughs) And Huffington Post was, like, the friend that just tells you what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Fox News is a bully, you know, because it's my bit. And um, (laughs) CNBC is your friend until Fox News is around and then like they're not there for you anymore and then the BBC I think was like um the um uh the foreign exchange student that told you things you weren't ready to hear yet <laughs> yeah yeah or something like yeah, that I can't yeah. remember if Al Jazeera's in there somewhere too Oh Al Jazeera would be great yeah, yeah. that for my joke would be great yeah, <laughs> but also yeah. to read and yeah. be an, an informed citizen right right but um uh but yeah and and it's good to Getting getting um, other countries' perspectives, of course, they're they're already sort of not all of them. Obviously, Russians not going to be Russian publications won't be left leaning, but yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of like um, European places, they're moderate is our left, yeah. politically speaking, or at yeah. least it used to be. I don't know if it's I don't know if that's changing with. I, I'm I'm pretty out of touch with that right now, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to comment. I don't know. Yeah, and, I just. Gee, that's a thing you never hear anybody say these days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the. I'm not well informed enough to be able to provide a response. Good for you for admitting. Uh, I, I, uh, no, well, you know, it's because I'm better than most people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so close. You're so close. Um, so, so since your your podcast is called the Social Justice Warrior Princess, yes, and I've already committed it to memory, yes, because um, I'm that good. Um, <laughs> um, no. Uh, one would assume it's going to largely revolve around political, the political arena mm-hmm. or 
that kind of thing? Are you going to concentrate on keeping it funny, being a comedian, or are you going to kind of let it go wherever it goes? Or what's your what's your vision for a it? little bit of both? And it's good to talk about this actually, yeah, um, to help clarify. My idea is um, uh, to have uh, have the interviews. So there's a segment with me at the front, which. I want to try to make it almost like a weekly like monologue. Like a monologue, yeah. Um, it's hard It's hard to get that lined up exactly, but I, I think it would be good for me. But I also have this thing where I just want to talk, you know? Sure, so, um, sure. Uh, so that I really want to be comedy, and it would, it uh, you know, probably in the vein of like Samantha Bee. Sure. S- as far as Whom the... Whom I adore. Yes. Oh, she's so great. Real quick sidebar. I'm I'm still at the point where I'm still so angry that I can't even watch the funny stuff. Like, if The Daily Show with Jon Stewart was still a thing, I wouldn't be able to watch it right now. Mm -hmm. I can't watch... I can't watch Alec Baldwin on SNL. I can't... uh, I'm I'm still too raw. I'm still too angry. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a privileged place to be talking from. I'm sure it is. Um, uh, it doesn't I'm mean it's not true. Totally willing to cop to it, mm-hmm. but right now I just can't. I still feel naked and afraid. I still feel battered and beaten. I still feel like I'm lying in a pool, in a puddle, you know, and 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 naked and shivering and and afraid. That's mm-hmm. how I feel, and I can only I can only only imagine the act added extra horror if I had a vagina if I was anything other than the white if mm-hmm. I if I yeah I say it like like Phoebe and and, uh, and uh, uh, Jessica um, on two dope queens um, but if I was anything other than than a cis white straight male and a middle-aged cis white straight male, the added extra horror of an LGBT, someone who's LGBTQ, someone who's trans person, someone who's non-gender specific, someone who's a woman, someone who's anything other than a white Christian male, how much more infringing that could be. And I just am wanting, that's one of the reasons why I got the podcast going again is because I want to, to do my small part, use whatever mm-hmm. privilege I have to just be another voice of reason and support mm-hmm. and love and, and just letting people know you're valued. I want you to come on here, talk about your thing, tell your story, tell the tell the tales that you have to tell, good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Tell those things. Those, those need to be recorded down somewhere for somebody to listen yeah. to. Maybe it'll help somebody somewhere. Maybe somebody will get some insight. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe somebody stuck in their own little bubble mm-hmm. of you know, whatever will listen to it and have and and wind up seeing someone who is to them an other uh, as a human being. And mm-hmm. that's what I want and hope. Not that I have a great huge audience, not that I have anything like that, but it's just a thing. And may and may, maybe this comes across as as you know just masturbation on my part or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing something that makes me feel like. If anything, I'm talking to people and, and, and talking over people. Talking to people about... And, and just saying, I'm listening. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I'll, I'll listen mm-hmm. to you. 
Well, I, I mean, I feel largely the same way, and that's part of the reason I'd been thinking for a while of doing something that was like a weekly thing. At first, I was thinking of a video, but then I was like, ha-ha, podcast, you do not have to put on makeup. No, you do not. And it's like, i got to do that for work anyway, so, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever. I mean, I don't, I choose to on some days, but not all the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I just really love podcasts, and I like that you can listen to them in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to um, this event at my school for Black History Month, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the woman that's going to be the first guest on my podcast, her name's Dr. Regina Booz, and she is a um, human development um, PhD and human development teacher at um, Pacific Oaks, like my shirt. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and um, it's Pacific Oaks College, that's where I work, and um, she's... I think at the time she was 97 days away from retiring. (laughs) So she's really counting down. She's been there for 35 years. But she is um, really amazing, really smart, very frank. (laughs) Like there's a part of the podcast where she is very critical of the school's new um, web page that I know they're all excited about. And I'm like, oh, I'm leaving that in. I don't care. (laughs) You know, like this is, this is. This is real reporting here. We're not yeah. we're not right. whitewashing anything. But um, <laughs> she had a Black History Month event, and she talked a lot about her participation. And she's African American. She um, uh, with, with her back in the '60s and stuff mm-hmm. in the Civil Rights Movement. And we watched a couple different video clips, including part of a. Um, part of this PBS documentary called something like Many Rivers, Across Many Rivers something, but it was a six-part documentary about basically black people in the United States. Mm-hmm, and the sixth mm-hmm, session, mm-hmm. the sixth section of it is uh, the death of Martin Luther King forward, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. a lot of people, black and white, don't really know much about because they're like, um, oh, yeah, like the Civil War and the Black Panther... Well, I guess the Black Panther movement actually yeah, yeah. has said that, but... Um, like the the big main things seem to be leading up to Martin Luther King, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, everybody's mm-hmm. like, and then everything was fine. Yeah, and everything you know? was fine. We're post racial. Right. Yeah, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's not. Yeah. And I watched it, and it was it was so moving, and um, it was funny because it's like I knew that the that you know President Obama, you know, had been my president and was elected, but I'm watching the the um, pot the. Documentary, and I was so into it that I was like surprised. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, that happened," and mm-hmm. I got all excited. And then after it was over, she was like, "So when people say make America great again, that's what they mean. They right. want to yeah. go back. Yeah, to that. they want to go back to being able to lynch people, lynch black people yeah. for whatever reason, discriminate against yeah. them, keep them out of places, and not only black people, other people of color, women." Gays, anybody who mm-hmm. does not subscribe to the, anything that they don't think of as icky, mm-hmm. and that—that's what their—that's what their version of "Make America mm-hmm. Great" is, right? And I'm sure that there are some people that don't think that that supported him that don't think that that's what he meant. But I, uh, that's what yeah, I mean, I think. yeah. But so I was so inspired by that and moved that I was like, because um, I'd been thinking about doing a comedy thing. I was like, well, I'll just do a comedy social justice thing. Sure, and, um, sure. Uh, and I asked if she would be my first um, guest, and she was like, I don't know what a podcast is, but sure. Um, and, uh, but she's been, you know, she's been like on TV and radio before, and stuff, nice. so she was like, great, my first podcast. I mean, she didn't, she wasn't like, what's a podcast? I shouldn't make it sound right, like that. Right, but, right, right. Um, you know, uh, 
But um, it was funny when we were done recording, she asked, like, so what is, you know, how do you listen to a podcast? How is, you know, and I, for, like, probably three to five minutes, waxed poetic and philosophical about, like, what is a podcast? And then she was like, (laughs) so how can my sister hear it? You know, and I was like, oh, you just really... I was like, I'll send you a link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of, I've really just had a couple of weeks where, I don't know if you've ever had a week where it just seems like just everything kind of comes together all mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it's, it's been very exciting. I was really excited to do, I did my first interview for that Thursday and, um, and then strangely there was this weird event that I went to at. Um, also at my school, because my school does um, marriage and family therapy, there was an event for MFT students about um, sand play therapy, mm, mm. and uh, I didn't know what that was, but it uh, was really interesting and like blew my mind because it's been, I don't know if you know anything about it, but mm. it's like um, basically like there's um, a container with sand. Mm-hmm. And you can use water if you want. And then there's a whole bunch of miniature figures. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing therapy with someone, it's not like the first thing that you do the first time you meet with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, she did this case study where she met with a woman over about a year and a half. And she only did four of these trays. But it's like you basically just say, okay, like do some stuff with the sand. And um, they can they can touch the sand and play with the sand. Or they can go straight for, like, the miniature figurines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and it's very, like, Jungian. And there's all these archetypes. And it's, like, it allows people to work things out without having to face them kind of the same way that when you have dreams. Mm-hmm. Your dreams are working shit out for you. Right. It's too sensitive and raw for you to deal with. And, um... Uh, and it was like it was totally blowing my mind. And I came home and I was I was telling my husband all about it. And he was like, "So what's that? You said you had an epiphany. What it, you know?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know. But it's awesome. <laughs> like I feel like I'm thinking about everything at once at one time. Oh yeah. And but I was like, um, oh maybe this is something that would be useful for me, like in my creative work. Sure. And because it's like when she was talking about this specific case study, it was just there were so many levels and layers it was practically like poetry or mm-hmm. something you know and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i was like well that's all a screenplay is is really like symbology that's supposed to resonate with like the collective unconscious sure, sure. so now i'm totally into all this like jungian stuff nice nice and like i know i don't know if he was like anti-woman or something i know freud was but so i'll have to yeah, I remember. Step around. I took a, I took a meso, <laughs> a and I've told this story before, but I told him I took a Mesoamerican history class in college. Uh-huh. And the first day, the professor walks in. This guy, doctor, PhD, you know, degrees out the wazoo, walks in, draws a big circle on the board, and says, "I'd like to start off talking about." the ancient Maya and, and Aztecs and all the civilizations of Mesoamerica by talking about Dr. Carl Jung. <laughs> and I was like, uh, blew your mind, you know? That was pretty Was cool. the circle with the collective unconscious? Yeah, it was like the circle like, of the, the, mm-hmm. the ascension and de- declination and all that, you know? Uh, so, so he was talking about how, you know, everything's cyclical and, you mm-hmm. know, the whole Carl Jung cycle of, of arise, rise and fall of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking about Jungian archetypes in 
Like, I can't just say Jungian archetypes. I have to be like Jungian archetypes yeah. because it feels so prissy to There's say. There's a lot of weight behind yeah. it, yeah. It's something I, a grad student says. Mm-hmm, I remember. <laughs> it's kind of like intersectionality. That yes. Nobody knew what that word was until, you know, oh, the last until, couple of years. Unless women, you were a graduate graduate White student. women got a hold of it and they were like, a graduate let me tell you student. about how intersectional I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and we white women have now ruined intersectionality mm, too. Ironically. Yeah, but um, good old white folks. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, no, we're awesome though. Um, but knee <laughs> uh, uh, slappingly so. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. So in in Wait, film, watch us dance. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's a sociology or not a socio anthropology experiment or yeah. something. Um, but. Uh, Oh, yeah. So I remember in film school talking about, like, Jungian archetypes. And mm-hmm, I just always... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the point where I, I just thought the professor, like, had his head way up his ass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is... No, but that's what storytelling is about. I mean, that's Joseph yeah. Campbell. That's everything else. Yeah. That's, that's it's all it's all it goes back and back and back mm-hmm. and back. And, and, and you even look at the old Greek plays and it's the same thing. And and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then it ties into that whole thing of the seven basic human needs and mm-hmm. the Jungian archetypes, and it's all just kind of... Ra- they even talked about that in The Sopranos quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. When they had... Um, I don't remember... What was it? Uh, John Favreau they had on, because Chrissy was... Chris uh, was wanting to do... Make movies or whatever. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. So they started wanting to do a show about about their gang and everything. And um, Back to the sand play. It mm-hmm. sounds like that that is yet another vehicle uh, that... that uh, of getting to psychological matters through creative play, mm-hmm. like when I was exactly. a kid, we would the, we would, the social worker would have us draw pictures mm-hmm. or talk into a tape recorder and m- make up a story and that kind of thing, and 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 so creative play bringing out um, you know whatever's going on internally, and and that's a good like like uh, catalyst for. Kind of Instead like of, bringing he hates things, his father and bringing, yeah, bringing things bubbling to the surface, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, and that's the, one of the things she said was important is that you don't you don't sit there and say like, oh, what does the horse symbolize to you? Uh, you know, she's like, oh, it looks like that's your masculine side. You're like, what's the horse doing? And they're like, the horse is trying to get to the village where the people are, but the people are afraid, you know. And mm-hmm. and that way you yeah. can say it without right. being like, my mother beat me or right, right. you know whatever. Sure, sure. Um, it was a real nightmare. Yeah. Like a real nightmare. Like it was night and it was she's a, a horse, so it's a man. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Like literal nightmare. <laughs> Is that from something or are you just I'm just looking? I'm just ripping. I'm just ripping. I'm just improving. Well it should be. I, I, I need now. more opportunities to hang out in rooms with comedians and riff. Oh, it's so fun. I love it. I love it. it ha- I, and it yeah, it helps to develop material and you know what we should do? We should hang out in a room and play with sand and miniatures. That's what we should do. Comedians and sand. Yes. There's a, yeah, but you can't see them. You can just hear no, them. just hear them. Just hear them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm fashioning a hoodie right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this character never gets laid. And, yeah. Uh, sorry, every, every male but comedian. But he's really cool. Are, he's really cool, like, though. Like, if yeah. you get to know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when when are you planning on dropping? I believe that's uh, what the kids would say. When are you planning on on uh, uploading, putting out your first episode? Um, you know, I'd like to try to do it sometime in the next week. Though I uh, was discussing with the hubby who's helping me edit it. Thank goodness that I have someone that knows how to do that. Um, like 
maybe it would be better to have a couple ready to go right away. Are you going half hour or hour? Um, that's the part where I'm letting it kind of be what uh-huh. it is. I was doing that um, too, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm turning into Dana Gould. <laughs> the Dana Gould hour is uh, never... Dana Gould hour, never an hour. Is it like I'm two Tom hours? Or? Yeah, it's always like two, two and a half hours, uh-huh. and I'm just like, oh gee. And I've had a couple episodes that were two and a half hours. The, one of the Bowie episodes was really long. Oh, um, yeah, well, that's um, but, but, yeah, it was appropriate. But, um... Praise him. Um, I don't think it'll be longer than an hour. I think yeah, I'm be- I'm making a concerted effort, concentrated effort now to just stick to an hour. Because, mm-hmm. like, especially if I'm going to be putting... The big thing for me is uh, recording a podcast takes an hour. But then I have to go home, I have to listen to it, make notes, do it, record an intro, do the do the uh, the bumper in the middle, record the outro. Usually I can recycle those, but mm-hmm. then there's more work to it. Like, for every hour I record, there's another at least two to three hours of work to put it up. Yeah. So... So if I have a two and a two hour podcast, that's a lot more work yeah. than five hours worth mm-hmm. of it. So it's like too much time. So yeah. I'm condensing it for an hour. Plus, you know, people probably don't want to listen to me blather on for more than a little chunk at a time. Well, it doesn't have to be about you, Michael. No, it's a, it's not. I don't know that I want to listen to. I mean, there's a podcast I used to listen to all the time um, with uh, Adam Scott and S- Scott. Ackerman, mm-hmm. uh, you you talking you two to me, mm. and it was hilarious. It's so funny. Like half of it is just them riffing, just, yeah, yeah. But it's it was really long. It was like two hours, and it was like you, you know, if I'm driving to and from work, it was like a week, right? Like that right. podcast. Well, I'm right you know? now. I'm so because my commute is only ten minutes now. I know, hate me. Um, my commute is only ten minutes now. So, and I listen to podcasts in the car, mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively uh, in in the car, and so. Now I can only get a 10-minute snippet of an hour-long podcast. Yeah. I'm so far behind. Yeah. I'm listening to everything from right... I mean, in my podcast world, Christmas just happened. Yeah. So I'm like two months behind. Oh, yeah. I so can't deal with So I've had to I, like yeah. weed out podcasts. I've had to start being picky about which ones I listen to. Uh-huh. The only one that I am dedicated to listening to absolutely every episode is Greg Proops. Because right now, he's like the one artist... All the other ones are not political at all. So in my political realm, the one thing that I'm allowing myself to be exposed to our current political climate and have humor associated mm-hmm. with it is Greg Proops. Mm-hmm. He's like, kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a comedy political mentor for me. Not mm-hmm. that I aspire to do that kind of work, mm-hmm. but it's he's he's helping me through the process and obviously the next time I talk to him I'm going to tell him that mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be on the podcast but he is a busy busy professional comedian so I would imagine yeah, so yeah so um hey how much time do we have oh we're over an hour but oh okay, okay. <laughs> um what do you what have you been well, it's been a while since we talked what have you been watching listening to consuming reading anything of any kind of media variety so so much political stuff. Oh, I've yeah. gone the opposite direction, where I I am consuming everything, but uh, it's mostly to be like, rah, rah, yeah, that's right, you suck. Yeah. But um, mostly watching a lot of late night stuff because that's what I aspire to do eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really interesting to see different shows take on a different event and so on. So lots of Samantha B. Oh yeah, yeah. and I'm really loving um, Stephen Colbert lately. Like he's really uh, sharpened the knives. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, and especially taking it from cable to network and still having yeah. that razor sharp. Yeah, unbelievable how much he's maintaining mm-hmm. his stance and every. I've, I've been 
I, I don't have I don't have the wherewithal to be able to consume all of that right mm-hmm. now. But um, and Samantha B I think also is so absolutely vital right now. We yeah. need a good, intelligent, well represented, great representation of a woman in media on doing a daily show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, she just does weekly, actually. Oh, it's hers only weekly? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's how yeah, I it's, am. That's what, so whenever I watch it, I, it's like I watch it like that. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but let's see what else. Uh, I, I think I mentioned the um, the Guilty Feminist. That's mm-hmm, one of my favorite mm-hmm, podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's, actually, it's British. Um, and I've been listening to uh, Pod Save America, oh. which is a podcast that used to be keeping at 1600 when they thought that Hillary was going to get elected. It's uh-huh. former Obama staffers. Mm-hmm. And they're hilarious and they say fuck a lot, which is important nice. to me and nice. my podcast. Yes, listening. yes, yes. Um, that's, Shit, I wish, fuck cunt, fuck yeah. pussy. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We've, we've, um, earned our, we've earned our explicit <laughs> tag for the day. Yes. Um, the NPR politics podcast, unfortunately, does not say no. shit and fuck nearly no. as no. much. As I they're think. far too intellectual. Yeah, too, for but they're actually language. kind of fun. Yeah, they are. You know, they. But they. I, I always want to be like. But what do you really think? And I understand that they're. Um, they have journalistic integrity and can't be like, oh my god, he's totally being a dipshit today or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've gotten to the point where I, I'm not going to utter his word, his name, ever. We talked about that on my podcast. Ever again, I will not use his name. I understand. I will say that. him. I will say. I will use again, borrowing from the master Greg Proops. You know the the tangerine tyrant, the mm-hmm. the um, you know um, melanin uh, mango, the whatever you know. But you know, using like other Hitler. yeah, cinnamon That's Hitler, what, yeah, mm-hmm. or the uh, the uh, um, yeah. But I, I will I will not. I will not say his name. I will not give him a any lot of, A lot of people have been saying that. And um, the woman that I interviewed last week, uh, she uh, she said, you know, she does use his name because she wants, if she has a problem, she wants a name for it. Okay. And she uses his full name because mm-hmm. he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? nice. Yeah, use the middle name. Yeah. The middle name, yep. Yeah. Big so time. So I understand. And I do, I mean, um, uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. That was the whole mm-hmm. Voldemort thing. Dumbledore mm-hmm. and Harry mm-hmm. would say mm-hmm. Voldemort, but everyone mm-hmm. else was too scared to, but this is a little different. But I don't see him as Voldemort. I see uh, I see Steve Steve as, as Voldemort. Yeah. I see him as... I, it's the thing, I don't really know who in the Harry Potter-verse, I mean, obviously there's other people that mm-hmm. fit all, that fit those other Jungian archetypes in the yeah. Harry Potter world, but they don't... But he, I don't see him as Voldemort. He's not... Uh-huh. He's not... He doesn't have a plan. Voldemort always had a right, plan. Right, This man has no plan. And he's also... He's fly off the cuff. He's... And he's such a pushover. Yeah. Such a fucking pushover, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and a scared little boy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you've been consuming a lot of political stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Or just strictly business these days? Um, really into Batman. <laughs> we saw the Batman Lego movie. So How was that? My, I still haven't seen it yet. Really I really want to see it. My, um, Billy D. Williams does the voice of Two Face. I, I know that it's healing. Like, like he really, did in because the, like he was supposed to be. He was in he was Batman. Supposed, he was Harvey Dent, and well, he was yeah, supposed yeah. to be Two Face, but then they never got around to it. Yeah. Um, in the Burton films. Yeah. So like. My husband and I went back and watched the old... We have enough on our plate without worrying about ghosts. And <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. working on it, man. Yeah, I'm working on yeah. it. Hand me that cold 45. And, I mean, you know how I feel about Billy D. Williams. I've mm. 
my dog's name is Lando, which mm-hmm. I know is weird. No. I'm not saying, like, no, I have not. a crush on my dog, or I'm not saying that black people are, like, that the no. dog should have cute names. No, it's names just a cute name. No, I just really like no, Lando. It's fine. But then I, want, I wanted to get some birds, and I wanted to name them George and Wheezy, and Jason was like, okay, no, you have to stop naming black uh, pets after black people. You can't name all of your pets. It's just it's going to become a thing. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll name the birds Clark and Ellen from the vacation movies. Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? The Griswolds. But, the yes. Grisbirds. Yeah, the Grisbirds, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Mostly it's just my world is all podcasts mm. all the time. Yeah. I'll think of something really smart and brilliant like the minute I walk out of here. Stand-up gigs coming up? You know, I don't have anything on the books right now. Oh. Um, you should curate another show. That went down... I hope that it, in terms of a business side yeah. of things, that it was a success. It was, For yeah. that Flappers, the, 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 the venue deemed that as a success. Yeah, yeah. Because it, by, from, from an audience member's standpoint, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. Delightful. Yeah, it was really fun. I really would like to do it. It just was so much work. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And um, uh, I, I think if I could find a burlesque person to like co-produce it with mm-hmm. me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I at would least like, handle that portion your, of it, right? Yeah, right. So I, I might try to do that or something. But how did you land Kill Martin? Did you already know her from through your work through stand-up work, or uh, did you just book her? No, she's a friend of a friend. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I don't. You don't have. Yeah. To. But That's yeah, cool. That was. Uh, That's very cool. Mm-hmm. She's she's one of my top five. Like would love to have on, but she <laughs> she hates her own podcast enough. I know, I know. They're so. <laughs> I've funny been listening to like, that. Oh, I mean, I listen to Jackie and Laurie show. Have... Jackie and Laurie show is the other podcast yeah. that I have dedicated to listening I'm to. I'm so every behind episode. on that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I'm I tried still to right around Christmas. To the, um, I tried to listen to the November eighth one, and mm. I had to stop. Because they were both. I'm sorry, mm. I keep touching the inside of my nose. Okay. I swear. Look, I'm showing you that it's not a booger. It's, a, it's no, my it's nose, your ring. nose ring. I'm just so, um, they didn't do it right, so it keeps like, glinting. You know, bats yeah. in the cave. Um, no, it's fine. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> I would yeah, love I, to have Lori Kim Martin on. I've been trying to get Jackie to come back on too because mm-hmm. I had her on at Podfest last no twenty. 2016. No, 2015 Podfest. I didn't go to Podfest in 2016. You're the one that told me about Lori and Jackie in the first place, I yeah. think. And oh, okay. Actually, I'd seen, okay. I'd seen both of them perform. Oh, yeah. I even saw Lori Kilmartin perform in uh, at the Burbank Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. and I remember mm-hmm. um, I was working for it and performing, and mm-hmm. I, I did mm-hmm. the show, where, and I knew that they were like mm-hmm. bigger comedians, yeah, yeah, more yeah. professional and stuff, but I, I remember watching her, and I thought... She was so funny, but it made me sad at the same time because I was like, "Is everybody this good? Like, are are all the other comedians here this good?" But they've been doing, they've been yeah. hitting the road for thirty years. Yeah, both yeah. of them. They're in their both in their fifth, mid fifties. They've been hitting the road for mm-hmm. thirty years. Yeah, thirty fucking years. And that's what I love about listening to that show is is hearing about the 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 trials and tribulations of road comedy, but also about being a woman. Doing yeah. road comedy and dealing with bookers and dealing with agents and dealing with promoters and blah 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 and, and, and other comedians. And well, the great thing about Kill Martin is they they will not talk about they will talk about their material on the show, but they won't do their material on yeah. the show. So hearing them talk about and I worked on this joke and I worked on that joke and 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 then then actually getting to go and hear Kill Martin's thirty minute mm-hmm. set was mm-hmm. awesome. Was really yeah. Good. Have you seen the CISO? I have not. I I, need I to keep see it. meaning to. I don't have time to consume a lot of media right now. Mm-hmm. So 
paying for CISO right now doesn't make sense to me because I'm not going to I be able to. I think you can get a month-free trial, which can. is what I was going to... You can, <laughs> and I do want to see Kill Martin special. There's a, I want to see Hidden America. There's a couple other things mm-hmm. that I want to get on there because there's all these really great... They're, it's it's this comedy network that was originally one of the ideas of behind Comedy Central, but it's this comedy network where all of the artists have total control of over what they're putting out. It's like Bamford on Netflix. I mean, that, that to yeah. me is one of the greatest, that to me is one of the greatest showbiz coups of all time of, of, uh, I said coups, um, of <laughs> Bamford doing her own show, writing her own show, producing her own show, mm-hmm. directing her own show. And having it come out and be just spilled out from her brain on Netflix, go. And that's the yeah. that's the age that we're living in now. That's, that's one yeah. good thing about the media that's mm-hmm. that's good. Plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? Well, <laughs> um, I think my Facebook page is uh, you know Facebook dot com slash shenanigan c, and my my Twitter is shenanigan c. I'll have a Twitter up pretty quickly with For the social podcast, justice warrior right. princess cool. so i don't know if it'll be sjwp uh that's just easier to remember so right. it might be that might so be. um so yeah and then uh i do so many shows at flappers so if you just go to the flappers website and search for me i don't have anything coming up for like the first time in forever i think it's because i was like just focused on some other stuff um but i i will shortly cool cool yeah Cool. Well, we will um, let you let me know, and um, this is probably going to go out in a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you'll have stuff up and online, and people can link, and I'll be put up all. I'll I'll promote whatever you want. So okay, cool. you just let me know. Um, thank you very much for your time. Oh, always sure. lovely to see me. you. Um, I'm hoping to have another kind of fun adults type themed party for mm-hmm. my birthday this year. So. Uh, this episode is brought to you by WhedonCon 2017, May 19th through the 21st at Woodland Hills Marriott. Single day or weekend tickets are available on sale now at WhedonCon.com. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on something2xp.net. We are everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. Please visit our website and blog at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and like us on Facebook and Google+. This episode was brought to you by WhedonCon 2017, the weekend of May 19th through 21st in Los Angeles. For information and tickets, please visit WhedonCon.com. You can email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.